I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hi, I'm Keegan. And I'm Madigan. And you're listening to Your Your Angry Angry Neighborhood Neighborhood Feminist. Feminist. This is a podcast where we explore the world through our own personal feminist perspectives. And this week we've got a good episode for you guys. It's going to be a more personal episode. Well, they're all pretty personal, I guess. Yeah, and pretty feel-good this episode, I think. Pretty feel-good. We are talking about... What day is it today? Today is Mother's Day. Yeah. This episode will be coming out the day after Mother's Day. Um, But we just wanted to kind of put together an episode featuring all the mothers of our lovely listeners and ourselves. And Madigan and I are not mothers. No. Well, you have cats and I have a dog. Does that count? Actually, yeah, totally. (laughs) I'm totally a cat mom. I almost made a post today and then I was just like, no, I know. Sabrina did. Yeah. I I was like, I know that somebody like that I went to high school with is going to get all like snarky about like pet parents not being real parents, but whatever. They're real to me. Yeah. Um, Dorothy is totally my daughter. But we have no human children. That's true. So we asked for people's motherhood stories and it kind of started out as wanting stories from mothers. Uh But the more I thought about it, the more I was like, we should ask for stories from, you know, people about their mothers as well. So we did get some pretty nice stories. We did. We did. Um, So as you guys can tell, Keegan's voice is struggling a little bit this week. Yes, I've been sick on and off um, for the last couple of weeks. And the last few days, my voice has really decided to yeah. uh, go out. My voice is back to normal. Yeah. I sound a little nasally, but my voice is back to normal. So last week you had me sounding horrible and coughing, and this week we've got Keegan kind of struggling a bit. But, but not to worry, I've got whiskey here just to cut straight through all that phlegm. So hopefully... I have, I have whiskey just to make me feel frisky. <laughs> so hopefully we can just power through this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
I'm excited about it. So first what we're going to do is we're going to read you guys some listener mail and some motherhood stories. And then at the end, we are going to chat a little bit about our own mothers, which if you've been listening from the beginning, you obviously know a lot about my mother. (laughs) And Keegan touches on her mother as well. But we just want to give them a little bit of extra attention and love today. Absolutely. Because they deserve it. All right. So what do you want to start with, Keegan? Um, Why don't we start with our super fan, uh, Vanessa? Let's do it. Sound good? Okay, so Vanessa writes, Hi, feminists. So I know you asked for motherhood stories, and I've been struggling a bit with how to choose what to focus on with the broad topic that is involved with becoming a parent. There are so many stories and experiences and transitions that you go through hormonally, physically, mentally, emotionally, societally. It's really the craziest thing. However, the way I can tie it up is that becoming a parent has lit more of a passionate fire in my feminism. My husband and I did not find out the gender of our baby while we were pregnant. Even though I'm a planner and I do really like to know things, especially good things are hard for me to keep secret, it was important to me that I didn't know and that my husband and I talked how I didn't want all pink fairy princess stuff or blue tool stuff. I wanted to stick with neutrals and focus on the fact that we were having a child. I was terrified of having a girl. Terrified. I am the middle of two sisters, no brothers, and we were difficult teenagers. You name it, one of us did it, mostly me. And this was just plain terrifying because I was being bad and making dumb choices when I knew better. And while getting great grades and being involved in extracurricular activities and while having a job, and this terror doesn't even scratch the surface of thinking about raising a young girl slash woman in this society. Yes, there are many things that we are doing better, but there are still baby onesies out there with sayings like, smart like daddy and pretty like mommy. I'm... no thanks. (laughs) Well, we had a baby boy, and then, of course, I started to freak out again, and I'm sure this would happen no matter what gender, about modeling a good marriage and wanting to raise a boy slash man that would respect women, share his feelings, be creative and kind, all the things. Becoming a parent is hard. There are things that you are sure of and so much that you aren't. As a birthing parent, you get to have the hormones and the physical changes that come with it, and it is terribly it is a terribly lonely place. One PSA, if you know someone who's expecting or a parent, especially a new parent, send a note, drop by for a visit, call, text, and by all means keep inviting the parents to all the gatherings. My friends have done a great job of continuing to include me and my husband, even though it's hard for us to get out most of the time, but it's awesome to be remembered. That was a tangent, but back on track. (laughs) My mom describes me being a mom as losing a layer of skin or protection, meaning that you are all of a sudden so much more raw with feeling, so much more open to the pain and suffering, especially of children. There are things that I cannot watch now that I used to be able to watch, jokes that I can't handle, etc., Living in L.A., I couldn't bear to watch the previews for the Dwayne Johnson movie about the earthquake hitting L.A. I was like, nope, because as a parent, it makes me want to never leave my child's side. I want to protect him. Which brings me to the fact that having a child has made me more vigilant on paving a way for him that focuses on equality, kindness, safe schools, and respect, and thus has increased my inner feminist. My 2.5-year-old has already been to two women's marches, and I know there are more marches in the future. Top things I try to do. 1. Create an environment where he is around diversity. Example, he is the only white kid in daycare. 2. Make sure the books slash movies in our house show diversity. There are some great lists out there, but you have to try a bit harder to achieve this. 3. 
Give him life experiences where diversity is a given. Travel, the park, my friends, festivals, etc. Being a mom is all the feelings all the time. Rage on. I I really love all of that. And I, I want to kind of touch on a few points going down the line. Because although I am not a mother, I think all the time about having kids because I'm baby crazy. Um, and definitely the thought for me, like, I have a real issue with gender reveal parties. And mm-hmm. I, I know people are probably going to get mad at me for saying that. Mm-mm. But I have a real, I have a real problem with them. And... I'm, I think that they can be very problematic. They're very problematic. I, I know it's a coming from a good place. It's yeah. just coming from excitement, you know, yeah. from being a parent and everything that goes along with that. But to me, it's like okay, we're celebrating our child's like biological genitalia. A little weird, right? I mean, not you're not obviously you're not celebrating right. the, but like in a world where we are kind of redefining what gender is, when you boil it right down to it, that's kind of the basis of it so but for me i think if i was pregnant right now i would want to know just like vanessa said i would want to know everything about that child i would want to know everything so i i told i talked to chris about it i'm like i feel like i would want to know but i would not even tell my mother like we would have to like lock that shit down like he can't tell anyone i can't tell anyone and i feel like that would be kind of like a nice like bonding time i think it could be you know i think i wouldn't want to know I don't know. It's a weird thing for me, too. Because I just don't... I wouldn't want a bunch of pink and, you know, princess, like she said. And I wouldn't want a bunch of blue stuff, either. But then again, give me pink and blue. Like, if you find a cute pink onesie... For sure. ...that's, like, got stripes on it or whatever, give it to me. Because my little boy can wear pink. Yeah, absolutely. And my little girl can wear blue. You know, a lot of the clothes that I wore growing up could definitely have been worn by either gender. You know, it was just kind of like... You know, colorful tie-dye and stripes and, you know, yeah. it's, it's kids' clothes. It's fun, playful colors, you know. Right. I mean, and I think we touched on this in the um, Disney episode, but kids really don't start discovering who they are gender-wise or aligning themselves with one sex or the other until they're around the age of five. And I think that's because they're able to kind of see where society wants to put them. Yeah. But the younger you start enforcing those gender stereotypes, the more um, children are going to be aware of that and yeah. feel pigeonholed by that. Yeah. I just don't want any, it's a girl or it's a boy. And, you know, I just want it to be focused on like the person that this child is. And I think that that's kind of something that Vanessa was explaining as well that I, I very much see myself in the way that she's describing it. Same thing with um, making sure that her child has a lot of diversity around him. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's something that I was really lacking growing up, and that's why I love living in L.A., because there is so much diversity. Yeah, but I think you can fall into that trap of of thinking, if you live in a progressive city, I think you can kind of sometimes fall into that trap of, well, we live in in a progressive place, and I don't need to try very hard. Yeah. And there are pockets of L.A., especially... You know, when you start looking into classist issues like schools and that sort of thing where you can fall into a trap of, you know, whiteness, really. Yeah, it's true. Because of class issues. Yeah. Um, Well, and I was going to say, that's why I feel like I wouldn't want to, like, move out of the city. I feel like I'm always going to kind of want to live in this area generally. And Yeah, but I I think that that's amazing that... Vanessa seeks that out and is very yeah. conscious of that at all times. Exactly. You know, you know, you can't just rely on. Oh well, I live in LA. We're obviously going to be. Yeah, diverse. it's going to be fine. Yeah. yeah, you know, you do still have to like bring things up. I think it's interesting that she 
said that she was terrified of having a girl. Mm -hmm. To me, I am so much more scared. I don't know where I stand on, on... I think I do want kids. The older I get, the more I think that I do want children. But I'm not... I'm not baby crazy at all, yeah. really, in that way. I love being around babies. But when I do picture myself having a kid, I'm, I so much more picture myself having a girl. So when she says that she was scared of, about the idea of having a girl, I think that that's really interesting. Yeah. Because to me, the idea of, which I think hit her once she did have him, um, the idea of having a boy scares me so much. Because yeah. raising a boy to be respectful and... Yeah. um you know, knowing the things that, you know, knowing the things that boys can sometimes get, fall into a trap of. Agreed. But the thing is, is you're going to have those same issues, whether your child is a boy or a girl. Yeah. And especially having taken care of both young boys and young girls, I have hit those marks for both gender, Mm -hmm. no matter what. The struggle is going to be different no matter what. And each child, um, considering what their race is, their background, every child is going to have to learn something different to be the most accepting person they possibly can be. You're going to hit your challenges and pitfalls with those kids no matter what. So, And I think, but I understand the specifics of typically what, what boys can be like and being afraid of that typical way they can be. Well, I think it's also, they're not entirely in your control all the time. You yes. know what I mean? They, they go to school. Who are they, they going to be around? Boys. Yeah. Yeah. Are these boys going to try and undo all of the work and respect that I've put in? Yeah. You know, and I think it's also interesting because she has all sisters and uh-huh. I have all brothers. Yeah. And so I think it gives you a different perspective. But with that said, I think that my brothers are good, respectful men and young men. Yeah. So... I know it can be done. My mom raised three boys to be, you know, good, respectful, kind human beings. Yeah, and that's all you can do is do the best that you can. And then when they go out into the world, just be like, okay, take take whatever I've given you and just, you know, keep as much of it with you as you want. Find out who you are as a person. Make mistakes. Apologize for those mistakes. Yeah. And just it, with that knowledge of what you've taught them, know that they're going to be okay. Yeah. You know, and it all starts at home. Yeah. Yeah. And with that said, um, I just wanted to touch on before we move on to the next story, I wanted to touch on how she is very cognizant of her marriage mm-hmm. and the type of marriage that she's modeling. I think that's amazing. And relationship that she's modeling for her child because you do get so much from watching the way that your parents interact with Mm -hmm. each other and it does matter and being very well aware of like the way that he here her husband treats her is something that her son is going to see yep and And emulate and emulate yep exactly the language you use the words all of that yeah so very important thank you so much vanessa that was such a wonderful insightful email we so appreciate that yes all right next up i'm gonna read a note from a listener named Kira. She said, Hey girls, first I wanted to say I am absolutely obsessed with your podcast. Oh my God, stop. Uh, (laughs) Every time I listen, I feel like me and my best friends are just talking about life. I want to... what we go for. Seriously, that's like the goal here. Thesis statement completed. I don't know what I was going to say. I want to write you guys to tell you about my mom. So here's a little background on her. She is a white woman. I am not. And she grew up with an alcoholic father and an emotionally unavailable mother. She practically raised me herself. I wanted to share the badassness of my mom. She had me when she was 16. Pregnant with a little girl, her parents kicked her out. Soon after she had me, she moved in with my sperm donor, who was and 
who was and is an asshole. They got into a fight, he hit her, and she finally got the fuck out of there. She raised me on her own, got her GED and her BA, and after that went on to get her master's. She continues to chase her dreams. She is one of the youngest women ever in her field that she's in. Can't disclose that information. Just thought I would tell you about my kick-ass mom. So there's a lot of things in this story that really jumped out to me. Mm-hmm. And a big one is that she referred to the what people would typically call their father as a sperm donor. Yeah. Um, I have a friend who is kind of the same way with his biological father and the way that he talks about him because he left as soon as he found out that like his mom was pregnant Uh this guy yeah and so he was raised entirely just by his mom Mm -hmm. and um just the 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 lack of like feeling for that person like i don't think he's ever even like met him you know what i mean it wasn't really an issue and so the fact that she kind of described him that way is something that I feel like is really important because, like, the language you put around people is really valuable and important. Right. Because I feel like when you even say father, sometimes that can still kind of create some, like, emotional it, it damage evokes for a yourself. Certain meaning. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So for her, it's like, no, this man doesn't have anything to do with who I am. My This a courageous, amazing mother raised me and did all this for me. He is just my sperm donor. He's the one that just kind of helped along a little a little bit, you know, yeah. to make me come into existence. But right. she is the reason that I'm here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that I am who I am. Yeah. I think I'm always struck by, <laughs> I think about, and this is something that I'll touch on whenever I'm talking about my mother. I'm so struck by the things, the strength that her mom had at so young an age. Imagine all of those hurdles. Mm-hmm. And I think about the hurdles that I've had in my life, and I think about, if I'd had all of those hurdles, would I have been able to do that? Yeah. Like, I don't know. Would I don't know I, if I would, would I have. still go back to school and get my diploma right. and when you're create a this single, career? When you're a single mother who is also a teenager. Who doesn't have parents there to support you. Who don't support you. Who doesn't have a partner that supports you. Yeah. How do I mean, did how she do bring you, you to class? Like, I want to know more about this story. Yeah. How do you not just fall apart, you know? Yeah. And how do you pick yourself up and, and keep going? I mean, and I hope that she at least had some friends or someone in her some life Some support system. I hope so. But you know what? Even if she didn't, she still did the thing. Yeah. You know, which is incredible. And I think it also speaks to there's a certain motivation that I think a lot of mothers have mm-hmm. when they have children. Mm-hmm to be strong for their children, even yeah. when they just want to kind of, like, give up. You well, can't. It's, it's not an like, option. You know how people talk about that physical strength of when your child's in danger, like uh-huh. moms can pick up cars yeah. and stuff? I, I wonder if there's that, like, thing inside of you that's not just physical strength, but, like, for people who are really meant to be mothers, if they have that, like, emotional strength suddenly. Where I think like, so. No, I need to pick myself up and, like, do the thing. I think so. Yeah. I think that there are some people who are wired like that, and I think that that does kick into high gear for some people yeah. whenever they have children. I mean, thank goddess that mom had it you know yeah like she was like yeah. okay yeah i gotta like put up my mama it always says to put on your big girl panties she's like i'm gonna put on my big girl panties i'm gonna get this right. shit done and i'm sure she had moments of doubt and i'm sure she had moments of, of wanting to just you know give in and give up but she didn't believe that she got through like an abusive relationship home, and, and home life and home life yeah and this girl 
Kira is so thankful for her mother the way she is. Clearly, she, I mean, that is one of those things that the cycle of abuse is really horrible. And, and difficult it's to break. that is so hard mm-hmm. to break. So the fact that she has such an amazing admiration for her mother, her mom was strong enough to also stop that cycle of abuse. Yeah. She didn't blame her child for anything. It wasn't like, oh, you were a mistake. No, it was like you, this child may have been the best thing that happened yeah to her. you're my motivation yeah that helped her get through yeah. everything i think yeah. that story is just phenomenal and kira we love that you're a fan of ours that like is crazy for me to even think about and we are so glad that you think of us as friends and like to listen to us yeah that's our favorite thing in the whole world um that's why we do this yeah. <laughs> we love having conversations with with you guys so keep writing us you know yeah. if you have anything else you want to say or anything else you want read on the podcast please send us another message yeah we Kira, love reading if you have more to go into with this story even like we would love to hear it we want to know more about you so hit us up girl thanks so much thank you all right our next one is from cassie i know cassie right yes is Um, she the pink hair yes okay our next one is from cassie so it says hi keegan and madigan so this is my motherhood story being a mom was such a crazy thing for me i was adopted at three days old and i have such a special relationship with my mom she's been my rock as well as my constant in my life my personal story of becoming a mom is very after school special I got pregnant on prom night, and as you can guess, that was not expected. Of all the crazy things my friends and I have done over our young lives, it was so insane to think of being a mom at 18. I had my son before the end of my senior year, and he is now 21. We have such an amazing bond. He is the first person in my life I've had a blood relation to, and it has been our amazing connection throughout. I had a fairly simple and somewhat easy pregnancy, and... As an adopted child, wanted to share that gift with someone else. I decided about seven years ago to be a surrogate and was fortunate enough to bring a child into the life of a family who was unable to be parents otherwise. Motherhood has so many levels and not all easy. I feel truly blessed to have experienced it in many ways. I think during this day we think of all those moms we've had and celebrate those who are. I never want to overlook the many women who have challenges in their journey to become a mom. I celebrate you all. Much love, Cassie. And then she has a, a postscript. Um, I hope this is okay. Feel free to share that I did have a complex delivery as a surrogate. Emergency C-section, 12 blood transfusions, and a permanent blood clot inserted Ooh. to stop bleeding. Girl. It's gory, but it should be noted that delivery can be scary and complicated, and it's something that we think of as medieval, dying in childbirth, but something that is still happening to this day. Mm-hmm. Don't know if that detail is too gory for a Mom's Day podcast. It is not. It is not. I'm so glad that you yes. provided us that story, because that is the truth. It is. Sometimes... Labor is scary, and I think people, we have this idea of pregnancy and delivery as, and it is is a beautiful thing, and we think of it as a beautiful thing, but I think people also need to understand the realities of what you're putting your body through. Exactly. And that... And that's why surrogacy is so, I mean, the people who decide to be surrogates are so Incredible. Yeah. 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 I worked for a woman a couple years ago who went through, like, IVF, which is... um, a procedure that's supposed to help you. It's like shots and things mm-hmm. like that's supposed to help you get pregnant. I don't know all of the details about it. She had so many miscarriages and she finally had her first son and it was a rough pregnancy. And then a couple years later, 
she was pregnant with her second son, and it was just a miserable pregnancy. She said that she would have, like, PTSD, like, just, like, traumatic memories from that pregnancy and was so ill. And then as soon as that child was born, had open-heart surgery, and it was just... I mean, that child now is just, like, the strongest, most kick-ass kid. But, like, it was just... It was really hard on her, and she worked so hard to have kids and she wanted more kids but Mm -hmm. she was just like I don't know if I could ever put myself through that again and so that was actually something that I've thought about a lot where I was like maybe I would want to be a surrogate for somebody um I feel I don't know if I I don't know if I'll be able to do that I don't know where my life is gonna take me right but it's definitely something that I feel like is such an important (laughs) thing for people to have that option if they want to grow their families I think that that's incredible I don't think it's something that I could do I'm so terrified of pregnancy period um even to have my own children pregnancy actually terrifies me pregnancy and childbirth terrify me I don't know what it is but I just like I mean okay so background on me I've been playing with baby dolls since I was a baby Uh I would stick a baby doll in my shirt and pretend to like have a baby and then raise it Um, (laughs) like I have thought about this since I was really really little which is why I knew that like that's one of the things that I'm here for I'm here that because I'm supposed to work with kids or be a mother or something in that capacity so for me like there is kind of an excitement when I think about pregnancy um <laughs> Keegan's face right now is great uh, I, um, I'm making I'm making just the most like ugh, ugh. I don't know why though like, I think something... it's beautiful for other people and I, I I know that I know in my heart of hearts that someday I will be pregnant and have a child yeah I, I think but just nothing about the process of my body changing yeah. and and having a baby is oh, appealing to me at all I don't know there's something about like that like you know how people are like oh that little like ball of energy inside of you mm. like that's just how I pictured it Mm-mm. being this like little ball of energy alien. And it's an alien it no, weirds me out you're growing this beautiful someone little being whenever my um my friend's wife was pregnant she sent me a video and it was like her belly and you mm-hmm. could see the foot and it was okay, moving. Okay, that creeps me out a it little bit. It creeps me out. But it, I also love it because if I were pregnant and I were to see that, I would be like, that's mm. my kid's fucking foot, guys. Mm. It has a foot. Okay. Keegan is it, not understanding me it, at all. It's like the alien. But that's okay. It's like a chest, you know, have you yeah. ever seen the alien where there's yes. like a chest burster? Yeah. That's how I feel about, I mean, look, I, I think it's great. I know that this sounds very negative on a Mother's Day podcast episode, but what what I'm really getting at is bravo to you, Cassie, for being a surrogate. And, right. And there are some women who just really enjoy being pregnant, and even yep. if they don't, they just have that strong yep. want to be able to do that for somebody, and I think that that's incredible and selfless and amazing and wonderful. Mm-hmm. So, and I kind of feel like this is a good time also to bring up the fact that some women can't get pregnant, right. and for some women it's really really hard. And I have to say, as someone who feels so strongly about it, I—I I mean, we were talking about this last night. I genuinely fear that I'm not going to be able to get pregnant. Mm-hmm. And you know, as soon as I mentioned it, Chris is always like, "Well, don't say that. Don't say that. You don't know. You don't know." And like, I'm not stressing about it because I'm not in that point of my life right now. But it's something that I've like there have just been clues in my life where I'm kind of like, "Well, it could possibly be a problem down the line." Right. And I'm not going to like psych myself out by saying, "Oh my god, it's never going to happen." I'm not worrying about it. But it is something well, you that haven't I've tried about. yet, so you don't know for sure. Yet. Exactly. But it, it is something that it very much weighs on my mind. 
Um, I'll talk about it a little bit more later. It took my mom a long time to get pregnant, and I'm just very aware of the fertility issues that can happen. So if you are a woman who wants to be a mother and can't for any reason, just know that, like, this episode really is for you, too. Right, and... We understand that there are a lot of people out there for whom Mother's Day is a difficult day. Yes. And that includes women who have infertility issues who maybe have been trying and trying and trying to get pregnant. Yep. And couples who have been trying to get pregnant and can't. Yeah. Or are finding it very difficult. Yeah. My grandmother had a lot of miscarriages. I had a skating coach growing up who went through a miscarriage. I've... I've experienced that not personally miscarriages are very common but i've experienced it a few times in my life and having to kind of um learn how to be supportive of a person who's been going through that i cannot even imagine the agony that you felt um and also i just want to really quick mention the fact that a lot of people don't have great relationships with their mothers and i hope that on this day, you are feeling supported and that you have other examples in your lives and other people in your lives that can be like your mother's. Can kind of fill that slot for yeah. you. Um, I agree. And also, while we're on that topic, I know that it can be difficult to wonder. I have friends who have bad relationships with their mothers because their mothers are not very nice people. Mm-hmm. And it can be hard to make that decision to cut someone out of your life. But if your mother is toxic to your life, it's okay to cut out people from your life who are toxic. And it hurts, and it's difficult, and it makes days like this really, really hard. But it's okay. And, like, there are people who can relate to that and and are here for you. Yep. So just just know that. This this day is for you, too, and I hope that you have somebody that you can talk to Mm -hmm. about those issues. Yep, and if you need to celebrate Mother's Day in some other way if you have a pet. Right. Yeah. (laughs) We were just saying, like, we're mothers, too. If you want to go to a bar and get a drink, if that's how you need to deal with Mother's Day, that's fine. Unless you have a drinking problem, then don't do it. Again, always the disclaimer. If you're an alcoholic, (laughs) please disregard. Um. (laughs) Okay. So now that we've kind of gotten that out, I felt like it was kind of a good... um, Yes. And thank you so much, Cassie, for that. that, I think that on the last note from that last story... Um, I think that it is incredible that she has experienced motherhood in so many different ways. I know. She was adopted, so yep. she has an adopted mother. and she you know has that's, a biological son. Yes. Son, right? Yes, yeah. a biological son. And I think also we should touch on adopted mothers yep. are just as much their, your mother. They're your mother. As anyone else. Definitely. Um, they're a mother, too. Mother-in-laws are mothers. Yeah. Grandmothers are mothers. Anyone... That you want to see as the person who has maybe helped you become the person that you are, yeah, can be your mother. Yeah, I you just know, the I definition just know, can be so broad. I just know so often people are kind of like, "Is that your real mom?" Yeah, or and it's like, moms too. It's like, yeah. yeah, that's her real mom. Yeah. That is her mom. Like it's yeah. it's she adopted her, but that's her mom. Yeah, and I feel that way. Yeah, with my with my stepdad sometimes, or with my brothers because they're my half brothers. But I'm never going to say they're no. my half brothers. Like they're my brothers. They're your brothers, and and that's that. Yeah. Um. So thank you so much, Cassie, for sharing that story. I agree. We thank appreciate you. it so much. You have the best hair ever. <laughs> she does. It's <laughs> cotton candy hair. I love it. Okay, so we're gonna have another story. It starts, I have a motherhood story, but I've been super hesitant to share it, and I would appreciate you keeping it anonymous. You got it. 
My family is pretty strict Christian and Catholic. Anything relating to homosexuality has inherently was inherently awful and sinful. So when I fell in love with a girl, I was terrified. For five years, I hid the fact that I was queer. One day, I was having issues with this girl, and I broke down to my mom and told her everything. The big secret I was so scared of was out in the open. She took me in her arms and held me and told me she loved me no matter what, and all she wanted was for me to be happy. While she still isn't fully supportive all the time, she's accepted it as who I am. She drove me to pride and started clapping back at homophobic comments from relatives. She's also respected my privacy and not told anyone else because she wants me to come out in my own time. My mom has been the biggest supporter in everything and anything. I couldn't ask for a better mom. She's so loving, and I feel like I can tell her anything. There's no more secrets between us, and we've gotten so much closer. She even helped me pick out a corsage for my girl at prom. And, uh, again, she just reminded me to keep this anonymous, so I will definitely keep your identity a secret. But bravo to her mom for being able to keep this a secret, because my mom is the biggest fucking bladder mom. I'm putting you on blast, Liz. Because, like, I I told her this last night. I was on the phone, like, talking to her about this episode. I I think if you really asked her to, though, she would. She would. I would, though. Like, oh, man. Like, if you made it very, things, very clear. That's true. She that's would. true. But she, like, she is really close with her younger sister. And, like, she would tell her younger sister everything. And she was really good about keeping things from my dad because I don't really have much of a relationship with him. So I just didn't really want him to know a lot of that stuff. So she's been really good about that. But, like... And, and she has been my whole life. But she would always tell, like, my extended family, and they would, like, reach out to me. I was like, Mom, no! Like, don't tell them these things! Uh, so bravo to your mother for keeping her mouth shut on this issue. And also bravo for her to come from such a strict Christian Catholic background. Right, which I think is something that we can both relate to. Yes, and to yeah. be homophobic, and then to realize that once it's your child, that you need to kind of put those things aside and love just, them no matter what and just love yeah and if she's not fully accepting yet it's probably because she's still learning but she's obviously trying pretty hard right i mean i think that there is a, a certain amount of grace that we need to allow people yeah we need to allow people to learn and grow and sometimes that takes a little bit longer mm-hmm. and I know that that can be difficult to deal with, but we all just need to be, like, very gracious if you can tell that they're trying and they're doing their best because those things are hardwired in us, man. It's hard to break out of that cycle. So I think that it's really beautiful that she's taking her to pride and that she's doing these things for her. And, like, bought a corsage for prom. Yeah, it truly warms my heart so, so much. And I can only, as someone who grew up in a, a pretty religious household... And, um, you know, I'm, I'm straight, so I didn't have those issues, but anytime I thought about disappointing my parents because I love and respect them so much, it was very hard for me to imagine doing anything that they wouldn't approve of or that was outside of, of maybe their worldview. Mm -hmm. So I can relate so much to how difficult that must have been for her to come out to her mom. And I, I, you know, applaud you for being so brave to be able to do that. And I applaud your mom for just kind of setting any of her initial feelings aside and saying, my child is in pain right now. I need to be here for my child right now. Definitely. I, I applaud your mom so highly. I applaud you for just being true to yourself and being who you are Mm -hmm. and not being apologetic for that. Even when you may have dealt with feelings of shame or, uh, fear, 
when it comes to your family and, you know, in your own time, I, if you feel like you want to, I hope that, you know, the rest of your family feels the same way. Um, right. The, the people who are supposed to be in your life will be supportive and will love you. Right. And the people who aren't even sometimes, you know, there's still ways to be loving toward them and in their lives, even if they are not completely supportive. But I don't know. For me, I feel like the people who truly love you at the end of the day, no matter what, if you're gay, straight, bi, anything, will see you as the person that you are and you're helping change their minds. Mm -hmm. And with that said, though, also take as much time as you need to figure it out and and come out when you want to or not at all to some people if that's the way that it you you feel i think that that's also also fine i mean that's another thing that i feel like if we ever have an episode talking about queer and homosexual like lives Uh that it is kind of like crazy that you know as being a straight person i've never had to go through a coming out as being someone that is not I can't even imagine it honestly I can't imagine that but it's still it's like crazy that you have to like come out it's it's this big thing which for a lot of people I think is great because it's a celebration and it's like yes I can finally be who I am but it's like I, I hope for the day that it's like you look at your child as a blank slate whoever you are whoever you love I accept both of those things you know yeah absolutely hold absolutely. on one second Chris I'm recording Hi, Chris. Christopher. Hello. I'm recording right now. It's okay. Don't worry about it. I, I, I'll talk to you later. Say hi, Ragers. What? <laughs> You're on a microphone right now. What? <laughs> Say hi, Ragers. Hi, Ragers. All right. You guys can end this out. Bye, I love Chris. you. <laughs> he, he's like, edit that out. Yeah, he hates being on <clears throat> speakerphone so much. That's so funny. he's mad at me. Thank you so much. Yes. To um anonymous to for anonymous. your story. We, we appreciate love you. it. Yeah, we love you. We're here for you. Continue to send us uh, your messages. Yeah. Let us know how it goes, you know. Let us continue. We'll do this anonymous uh story. We'll yeah. continue on we'll your story. We'll be like dear Abby. Yeah, yeah. I'd love to chronicle what happens next yes. in your story because I, I think that that's love it. awesome and really exciting. And congratulations mm. for being able to come out to your mom. Congrats. Yes. Okay, um, I think that this is a good time before we talk about our own mothers yeah. to also address, we talked about people who had infertility issues, we mm-hmm. talked about adopted mothers, we talked about people who had strained relationships with their mothers, we also want to talk about people who have lost their mothers mm-hmm. or grandmothers and how this can be a really difficult day for you, and we recognize that and we see that, and I know it can be hard to get on Facebook after you've lost a mother and just see picture and picture and picture yep. um, of people with their moms and how mm-hmm. that must be difficult for you. Yeah. So we're here for you. If you've lost your mother or your grandmother, I know that the first Mother's Day after my grandmother passed away was hard. Yeah, It's hard to deal with. So we are here for you. We also want to bring up mothers who maybe have lost their own children. Yes. Um, That can be something that's very hard if you were a mother of an only child or, I mean, even if you had multiple children. Or if not, yeah. yeah, That first Mother's Day. I think the pain is equal. Yeah, Yeah. that Mother's Day without um, remembering that loss. We are here to support you as well. If you've made it to this part of the episode, I applaud you. Um, for not just immediately being like, oh, I can't listen to that episode, but just know that we are here for you and that we are thinking about you today. And 
your child, whatever you believe in, whether you believe in heaven and hell, whether you believe in an afterlife at all, know that that love that you have for your child and for what that child had for you, that mm-hmm. doesn't die. That I, doesn't go I away. truly believe that energy lives on. Yeah. You know, I think that energy. Well, because love lives right. on. Right. And that I love think that, that you that, have for a person doesn't just yeah. end because that person doesn't. Yeah. Isn't there anymore. And it, yeah. Yeah. And um, also, too, we talked about people who have strained relationships with their mothers. We also want to talk about mothers who have maybe their children have cut them off and aren't talking to them mm-hmm. or mothers of addicts who don't have a relationship with their children mm-hmm. or or something like that. If, if that's something that you're going through, that's also really heartbreaking and yeah. it can feel like a loss and it can make this day really difficult. So if you don't have the kind of relationship with your child that maybe you thought you would, Whenever your child was growing up, know that you are also not alone. There are lots of people out there, and we hope that maybe someday you can reclaim that relationship. Mm -hmm. And if not, you're still a worthy person. I was going to say, and know that you're enough, even if you've maybe made some mistakes in parenting and feel badly about it or are beating yourself up about it always remember that what you did at the time was the best that you could do and that you and your love is enough and that you're you have people in your life who do love and support you no matter who you are and um you are being remembered today most definitely yeah okay so do we want to uh talk about our moms maybe a little bit yeah I'm going to talk about my mom for the first time ever. For the first time ever. For the first time ever. <laughs> you guys don't know anything about Liz. It's crazy. I feel like she just needs to be like a third person on this podcast by now. When she, she comes to visit, she can definitely chime in. She's going to be here June 9th. She can chime in for sure. Oh, God. Oh, my God. Um, so here's just like a quick brief story of how Madigan came to be. Um, my mom and dad got married really young. She was 21. He was 23. And my dad was very into his job. And they, their lifestyle didn't really have kids in it quite yet when they were, you know, so young. And when they did try to get pregnant, they tried for a good 10 years. And it just didn't happen. You know, as I talked in my birth control episode, it could have had something to do with the birth control my mom was on. It could have to do with other reasons. We don't really know. But um, finally, when she was 40, I was like, what's up? And she got pregnant and was so scared and only told my aunt. She told her little sister because she was pregnant as well at the time with my cousin Alex. And she didn't even tell my dad for a good long while. Was she just nervous about... She, well, so this is a bit of an introduction to me and my dad, he wasn't entirely sure that he would have what it takes to be a dad. His growing up life was really, really hard. He had a really tough life. Both his mother and his father were not the best people to him, definitely weren't the greatest parents. So he doubted his abilities as a father quite a bit. And so I think my mom at that point, you know, probably thought, oh, we're set in our ways. We know what our life is going to look like. And I think she was maybe just a little bit afraid of what he would do and react. Of course, when my mom told him, he was scared out of his mind, but also very happy because he also Typical knew, reaction. He knew that my mom would be happy as well. And um, I think through her pregnancy, he kind of was c- kind of like that through most of it. I mean, this was 1992 when I was born and he didn't want to be in the delivery room. And my mom's 
what's it called? The person who helps you and all midwife the... doula? No, not doula. But I mean, what she would probably be a doula now. But like the person that you've gone through all the birthing coach. classes with, her birthing coach, yeah, was her friend Kathy. Got in a car accident and was in the hospital oh on the on the way to helping my mom. So they're like. You know, we need, you know, Frank, we need you in here. And apparently he opened the door and the doctor was like, grab a leg. And he was like, oh, fuck. (laughs) But he, but he, you know, always told me how happy he was that he was in the room. And the shirt that he wore when I was born, he wears every year on my birthday. And they made me a onesie of that shirt, too, when I was born at his office. Really sweet. And, you know, with all, all the issues through and through that I've had with my father I still give him all the props in the world for where they're due. But my mom, for me, is the one that stepped up. You know, my dad was not around very much. My mom and I are a team. You know, I think she saved my life. I've saved her life. You know, she tells me that her life didn't start until she had me. She was 41 years old. She was lost and didn't really know what was going on. And, um... I came into her life, and she and I kind of started on this journey together, and I'm That's very beautiful. sorry that I'm crying right no, now. No, you shouldn't be sorry um, about that. That's wonderful. I mean, That's special. Yeah. She and I, you know, I was a very dedicated figure skater growing up. She took me to every competition, every ice show practice. She mothered my friends. She would be there for anybody who needed it all the time. And... um she really is just the most important person to me in my life, and she has made me who I am. I have her to thank for a hundred percent, and she is just she's going to be sixty seven in a week. Sorry that I'm revealing your age on this podcast, mom, but she she acts like she's like in her like yeah. mid like early forties. You know, she is like she refers to herself as a fucking goddess. I'm working on a piece of art right now for her. That oh, says amazing a fucking goddess. She was like this young model when she was little and yeah she's beautiful she's gorgeous she's absolutely gorgeous she's been through a lot of the same issues that i've been through and she has persevered in her life and she is just wonderful and amazing and has been there for me through everything and is truly just my very best friend and i I have everything to thank it's a really wonderful illustration of of the importance of having, if it's not your mother, having someone in your life who is there for you. Yeah. No matter what. Yeah. And yeah. I'm thankful that I have many mothers in my life. My best friend Katie's mom has been definitely a mother to me in high school when I had nights that I couldn't sleep at my house. I would sleep at her house and her mom would cook for me yeah. and love me and be like, she's almost kind of grandmotherly because yeah. she's so like, my mom is not like a big, I mean, she's a homemaker, but she's not like a big like cooker and baker and you know, things like that. My and, mom is the type that makes cookies yeah, for, for you yes, if you're feeling, I love it. If you, yeah, if you're upset, there's nothing that like cookies can't fix. Right, you know? yeah, that's how Jane is too. She would make like a Jello Cool Whip and pretzel like dessert, which if you're from <laughs> the Midwest, you totally know what I'm talking about. I'm still um, not down with pretzels in my Jello, but yeah. It was good, trust <laughs> me. It's sweet and salty, it's good. Um, Chris's mother is totally a mother to me. His father, when we talk about Father's Day, he has stepped up and just really become a dad to me. I, you know, love to think of him as my father and his whole family is so amazing. And his sister right now is full term in her pregnancy and about to give birth any second now. And she's just the the most amazing, fantastic, strong woman who is just going to make the coolest 
mom. Yeah. That kid is going to know what's up in life. Um, his dad is amazing. This, his dad, the baby's dad, <laughs> is amazing as well. And Do they when, know what they're having? They do know what they're having, and it's a girl, so I don't know why I said his, and it's not like <laughs> a secret or anything. Um, so, I, you know, Michelle was thinking about sending in a, a note to us, and she's so busy. She's running her own business That's while okay. she's pregnant. She's full-term pregnant. She can have and all the excuses. And running her own business yeah. right now. It's crazy. Like, Michelle, I have yet to find a fault in you. And um, so those are kind of all of the mothers in my life for me. And I've had so many amazing, prominent women in my life. My grandmother left us too soon. I've had many grandmothers in my life. And, um, yeah, I'm just, I'm so thankful. And I got way more emotional than I thought I would get. But when I really stop and think about, you know, the things that my mom and I have been through together. Of course. It's amazing. Yeah. We both, it's like we grew up together. Yeah. It's weird because we were kind of like Gilmore Girls. Well, you changed, <laughs> like, you changed them the same way that they changed you. Oh, yeah. You and know? I mean, and my mom, you know, we talked about this last night, too. When they would make, when your mom would make mistakes, it's good that they would say, hey, I messed up. This, I'm learning all of this stuff, too. That is something so beautiful that my mom always did yeah. and always went out of her way to say where there's a line between discipline and yep. rage, like when you're just angry, because kids do things that make you angry. Yep. You know, you're a human being, and they Say do things, things that do things, yeah, yeah. That, that upset you and hurt you. And any time my mom would act out in anger, which was not often, yeah. but on occasion, if she ever acted out in anger because she was stressed and tired and all the things that go along with being a mom, she went out of her way to come to me no matter what age and say, I'm sorry for responding the way that I responded. Mm -hmm. That was inappropriate of me. And she never treated me like I was lesser than her. Or like, oh, you wouldn't understand Or too young this. to understand it. Yeah, it's the same. It humanized her. Like, my mom, when I think about her, it's just, she's a person. Right. So with every Flawed, beautiful she's, person. Yeah, every change she's had in her life, it wasn't like this, oh my gosh, I can't believe X, Y, Z. Yeah. Because I've seen her fall. And yeah. make mistakes and have to, like, pick herself back up again. I have so loved becoming an adult in the way that I have... It has changed my relationship with my mom. Yeah. My mom has always been my best friend, really, growing up. And there were times, especially when I didn't have anyone else, when we were living in Utah, for instance, and, like, I really didn't have friends. And I, my yeah. mom was my best friend. We did everything together. And... We're still best friends, but I love seeing the evolution of our relationship from having a parent-child relationship to having a relationship that is still a parent-child relationship, but we are also two adult women yeah. who can relate to each other as adult women. And Isn't I see her as a human being yeah. and in a way that I've never seen before. And I think that that's so beautiful. Like, that yeah. progression of your relationship, I think, is so gorgeous and yeah. I love that I love that I love being able to t call and talk to my mom about life like about life things yeah. it's not always me calling and being like I need help with this or I need help with yeah. that anymore because I'm I'm an adult woman now yeah. and like we can just kind of have a, a real like wonderful relationship in that way yeah Keegan tell me all about your mom what is your mom's name again my mom's name is Tammy Sue that's right Tammy Sue yeah 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 which I love it's such a um my grandma's name is Bonnie Sue <gasps> Bonnie. Bonnie Sue and Tammy Sue. I love it. Tammy. Um, is Tammy her full name? Yeah. T-A-M-M-I-E. Oh. Not a, not a Y. I didn't know she was like Tamara or like no, something. No, Tammy. Tammy. Yeah. 
Tammy. Yeah. Tam Tam. My um, funny like little like story. My yeah. grandparents are Bonnie and Johnny. Oh. And Johnny, like his name is not Jonathan. It is or John. It is Johnny. That's like my friend Katie. She's not Catherine. Right. Her, her name is Katie. Katie. And That's so funny. And even though my grandpa went on to be this big businessman, he never like they told him they were like to be more professional, you should go by Jonathan. And he's like, my name's not Jonathan. It's Johnny. And it's J O H N N Y, and then Bonnie B O N N I E. And then they had four kids. They mm-hmm. had. Roxy, Danny, Christy, and Tammy. And Roxy too? Man, yes. your grandparents knew what was up. And all of the girls are IE and my <gasps> uncle Danny is Danny with a Y. Why? And he's Danny, not Daniel. Stop. Yeah. So it's so cute. Stop. I know. Oh, that is the sweetest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> Where are your grandparents from? They are from very solidly New Mexican. Okay, that's right, because you were yeah. born in New Mexico, right? I was born in New Mexico. Guys, Keegan moved around a lot, so don't, like, I, I do love her and ask her questions no, in life, too, but sometimes I need to be reminded. Yeah, <laughs> I was born in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and my grandparents both, my grandma still lives there in Estancia, mm-hmm. New Mexico, which is a very rural, rural part of New Mexico, and my, um, my Great, great, great grandparents homesteaded there. So wow. they've been there forever. It's amazing. Rural New Mexico. Um, my grandpa doesn't live there anymore. He lives in Las Vegas now. But let's go meet up with your grandpa. Uh, we should because <laughs> him and my step grandmother are amazing. They're bomb. Love They're it. a great time. But my mom, okay, so a little bit of backstory. My dad passed away whenever I was two years old, and my older brother was three. My older brother and I are 11 months apart. So my mom had us back to back. Man. And what a champion there. Totally. And she was 25 when my dad passed away and my dad was 30. And it was a really, really traumatic way. I'm not going to go into like all the details of what happened with how my dad passed away. Yeah. But it was not a standard easy thing. There was police involved. There was journalists involved. There were there were people coming to our house at all hours, knocking on doors, taking pictures, and things like that. And my mom was 25 years old, lost her husband very suddenly. Yeah. And I she, mean, I'm 25 now. Imagining right. something like that happening with two young children is horrifying. Can't even so imagine scary. it. I cannot imagine it. And she dealt with this situation. The more that I, I didn't know a lot about what happened with my dad until I found out things for myself. And I talked to her about it. And you could see it all flood back in her pretty much like immediately. And it just reminded me of how much strength she had. She talked to me about how it was so sudden that she talked to me about how when it happened, they got up in the morning. They took a shower together. They, she thought it was just going to be another day. Mm-hmm. And then by the end of that day, you're a widow with two small children. And she handled all of it with so much grace that I can't even understand it. She I mean, said, that's just power. It's that's just not, power. It's grace, I, but it is power. I, I, it's strength that I can't even, I don't understand it because I don't think that I could have done it. She talks about how there were days when she felt so low. She said, I remember taking you and your brother 
in like the weeks after it happened to the grocery store. And I had this thought that I just wanted to stop pushing the cart and just lay down in in the parking lot. Yeah. But I looked at you and I was like, these kids need me. Yeah. You know? And to me, I don't know that I could do that. Even with, I mean, I don't know. It, maybe it's something about being a mother that changes who you are. Maybe she's just the strongest person I've ever met in my life. I don't know. Or both. Or both. But to me... I've always admired my mom, always, like from word go, because I think that she has just the courage of her convictions. We don't see eye to eye on every single issue, but we don't have to. And her integrity about the things that she believes in, even if they're different than mine, is so it, it's it's amazing and it's yeah. admirable. And she doesn't budge on things, even if we disagree. If she believes what she believes, she she sticks to that, and she's instilled that in me, even though my beliefs are different than hers, and it's never affected our relationship. No, that we she don't. Still loves you so she much. loves me exactly the same way. I can talk to her. I know anytime I call her, we're going to be on the phone for hours, yeah. hours and hours. When I went home, uh, or I went to New Mexico for my grandpa's birthday, and my mom and I shared a bed, like when we went to bed. Yeah, and. We were up until three in the morning talking. The first night that my mom comes into town is always yeah. Like it, it yeah. just feels like we're she's my mom. I don't ever want it to be like she's just my friend because no. like she's my mother. But like she is also it. We have a relationship where it feels like she is my friend, and yeah. I can I can truly like tell her anything. When I moved out here, she was so supportive, and I heard yeah. so many stories of people being like my parents. Are mad at me. They're not talking to me because I want to be an actor because I'm yeah. not going to do X, Y, Z. She never pressured me to do anything yeah. that I didn't want to do. She supported my dreams 110%. She drove me to every audition when I was younger. Yeah. She made us her priority in every way. Yeah. And I am so, so, so thankful. Like, I think I'm so blessed I'm so blessed yeah, to have to have that kind of figure in my life. Yeah. And if I can be one tenth as strong as she is, then I think that I will have accomplished something incredible. So I don't know. I think you are. I think all the things that you're saying, like I totally see that strength in you. And if you well, thank see it you. In yourself, I do. Thank I you. think of you as being one of the most like strong and assured people in my life. That I know is Thank always going to hold on to their convictions no matter what. God, I am a mess this episode. No, you guys, I, I can't stop I, crying. I understand. Like, listen, I'm I'm working very hard to try not to, to cry because oh. I'm just trying to to keep it straight. But <laughs> I'm but, like the opposite. I'm like, guys, I feel everything. No, I think that's good. Oh. I it's just. I don't know. There's something I didn't anticipate having these kinds of feels in this episode. I was no, like, oh, we're going to do this, but. The stories that we've read and talking about our mothers has just made me feel like people in general, women in particular, mothers in particular, in particular, are incredible and strong and wonderful and deserve all. We should be talking about them every single day because I cannot 
sometimes I feel like such a selfish person that I'm like, I don't, I don't know how you become this person who just lives for, for other people. Yeah. And it's I, amazing. I do, it's crazy that the instincts that mothers have and that they, I mean, I think that if you were to look at, at it scientifically, hormonally, biologically, we have those things in us that can make us maternal. But also just, I feel like there's something that comes over you when you are mothering a child that you created, that there is a bond there no matter what your relationship with that person. Right. Or, or, you know, in the case of like, in the case of like adoption, for instance, when I think about and this guys, I know how this sounds. Leave me alone. I know that this sounds so trivial and stupid, but when I look at even my cats yes. who are just like in my care, yeah. who are my babies because, because I, because they are defenseless because without you, without me, I, I care for them. Yep. They're, they're, I do everything for them, and the idea of anything happening to them kills me. Yeah. So I had a, I had a serious moment with Dorothy. Today. Yeah. I stuck my head into her fort because this like afternoon time is like her nap time where she's by herself and her little fort. It's a table with a blanket over it with another blanket inside. It's her uh-huh. space. And I like poked my head in. She immediately laid on her back and like showed me her tummy. And I kind of like laid on her tummy and like gave her pets and like she has a licking problem. So she's licking me and. I just told her, I said, if anything ever happened to you, I don't know what I would do. It's, and, like, I know yeah. that because it's a pet, I know one day that's going to come. Of course. And I just wanted to, you know, as, as again, as silly as it sounds, being a pet mom, I feel like today is If you have her. an animal, you understand. You get though. it. Like, you for do. me, I look at her and, you know, even, it's funny because I'm always like, oh, like, I want to have, like, a baby one day. And Chris is always like, you have a baby. I'm like, I know. Maybe one day we'll have a baby It's a little less hairy. <laughs> and, but it is, she is, she's my baby. She's my everything. And I, I give up things in my life for her. Right. I yeah. make time for her. I set up play dates for her. I care about her health, you know, without her i mean that's I how you know her, you're gonna be a good mom by right? the way thank you um but like i found her on a farm in minnesota she was living out in the fields of a cornfield i always say that with matilda i'm like she was living on skid she literally was living on skid row in yeah. downtown alone scavenging for food and she right? has asthma anything could have happened to her out yeah. there yeah i mean it's true like we rescue these babies and adopt these babies into our homes and it's like even my dogs growing up were totally my siblings and yeah totally part of my life they make such a huge impact in our lives so for those pet mothers out there we are with you today and and i will say i will say that i i totally believe and understand that what we feel for our animals is a tenth of what of what a mother must feel for her child for sure um so i can't even imagine how scary that is to go back to uh, Vanessa's letter where she talked about like how how she can't watch things now she yeah. can't do things now because how the idea of anything happening to my animals I can't yeah. imagine the idea of anything happening to your child has got to be so tough out of this world you know so and again bravo to my mom for going through some scary experiences with me and remaining strong and knowing yeah. that everything was going to be yeah. okay because there were times that my mom did not know if I was going to yeah. make it out okay or not you yeah. know and um so bravo to her for remaining level headed and just having hope that I was going to make it through yeah. and that everything was going to be okay yeah. and I mean, man, what an amazing, what amazing women our mothers are. Yeah, really, totally. I mean, and I know that all of you listening right now are just like nodding your heads in agreement for the most part of just any of those people in your life that you have, mother, father, sister, brother, 
friend. Yeah. You're go hug, your go hug that person today. Call them today. Yeah. Call them. It doesn't matter who, what label that person has in your life. If you have a person like that, hold on to them, love them, recognize them for who they are. And, and tell them that they're appreciated. Yeah. I do go out of my way. I think I, I do try to, to tell my mom that I appreciate her and yeah. I love her. Yeah. And that, that. I know that not everyone is so lucky, Yeah, you know, and just one last thing, uh, before we kind of wrap up here, mm-hmm. I, I think we've covered all of our bases, except it just occurred to me props to the foster moms. Yes. Because that job has got to be hard. I was listening to, if you guys don't listen to the podcast, true crime obsessed, do it because they're amazing. There is a gay man on that show who has fostered children with his husband and they now have an adopted daughter, Daisy, who like I love hearing stories about. And he was talking about foster mothers today and how they really don't have any rights. Like they're treated right. like glorified exactly. babysitters. Yeah. And a lot of times have to bring those children to jail to see their parents for visitation yeah. rights and they have to do all of these things. And that podcast has helped me learn a little bit about it and also um, just from like other TV shows and a, a um, friend of society. mine, a friend of mine, has been a foster mom to a little girl, and I've never seen her face because it's illegal. Yeah. Like they take pictures from behind anytime they show her yeah. on 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 social media or anything like that. They have a baby, a biological baby of their own now, a yeah. son, and they've had this little girl. I want to say for like four years mm. now, and they are trying to get custody to adopt her legally. Yeah. And the journey that they've gone through and the struggle that they've gone through to try and and make that happen has been really tough. Yeah. And I cannot imagine having this child who you've raised, who is your baby for all intents and purposes, is legally not yours. And you face that fear of having to give her up or him up any day or at any time. Or maybe you aren't trying to adopt them legally, but you have kids coming in and out of your lives and you're having to see the struggle that they're going through every day. That is so hard. And God bless you. Truly, truly, truly. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. What you do is amazing. Amazing. More of us need to be on that bandwagon. Absolutely. So... As a final note, I know I just said it, but uh, call your mom. And if yeah. you if you don't have a relationship with your mom, call, call your dad. Call your dad. <laughs> if you don't have a relationship with your dad, call somebody who has been that for you. Call somebody who has been a cornerstone in your life for you today and let them know that you love and appreciate them. Agreed. Because like my mom said, you never know. Like, you never, you could wake up one day and they could be there and they could not be there the next day. So if you appreciate somebody and you love them, Give them a call right now. Yep, do it. And let them know. At least send them a text message and say just, hey, I love you, and I'm yep. thinking about you. Yeah. And uh, do you have anything else to, to add today? I mean, I guess with all that being said, I just encourage you to, to rage, rage on. on. Bye. Bye, guys. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests where we talk about all sorts of topics, and sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot-button issues, and it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. 
New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.